How you doing, Rock Family? How you doing, Rock Family? I'm back in the pulpit. Come on, baby. Back in church. I'm so happy to be back. I missed y'all so much. Uh, if you are new, you've been here for the last seven weeks, you might not know who I am. I'm Miles McPherson, pastor of the Rock Church, and I've been fighting COVID since the beginning of May, so I've been out. The last time I was here was uh, in April. And so uh, I just want to say I miss you so much, love you. I'm so glad to be back. And let me tell you something, God, I hope the word that I think he's given me is as powerful to you as it is to me. But God gave me a word and, and we're going to uh, look into what, he's, what he said over the next four weeks. So if everybody can stand up, we're going to pray. Stand up, we're going to pray all over. I want to say hello everybody, everybody watching online, all the campuses. Just stand up where you, where you are. Lord, thank you so much for health. Thank you so much for what you teach us through trials. Thank you so much for your presence, your word, your small still voice, your love that never ever leaves outside no matter what we're going through. So I pray you bless, uh, bless the message, bless the series that we're starting today and bless everybody. Challenge us. Open the eyes of our heart to see and receive and get a revelation we never had before. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Get your Bibles out. Let's get your Bibles out on the count of three. Say word. One, two, three. Say word. Come on, baby. Turn to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew 22. Matthew 22. First book in the New Testament. So glad to be here. So glad. Um, right in the beginning of May, I contracted COVID and I got... I started feeling symptoms uh, right in the first week of, right end of the first week of May. Eat immediately, quarantined, and then it got worse and worse. And I've been out since then. So it's been about six weeks or so that I've been dealing with it and recovering and then recovering and dealing with doctors and everything. And I got to a point where for about two and a half weeks where I could not do anything. And I want to give a shout out to all the people who went through COVID, the experiences, if I talked to 50 people, I got 50 different, different experiences. So we all had different experiences. I'm just going to share what I went through. But I went through about two and a half weeks where I was laying in the bed all day, had no energy. I had brain fog, which I didn't, that was a new concept to me because I didn't have brain fog before. I never had a fever, never lost my taste, never had coughing, never had a headache. It was mostly a fatigue, shortness of breath, Leg pain in my back, hamstrings, uh, really bad. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't hardly get my hands past my knees uh, if I bent over. And I had no strength. And I would literally could sit in a chair for three hours and days off into space. And my wife would give me pills and she would give me water. And it would sit there right next to me for three hours and I couldn't even move to get it. It's like my mind just shut down. I couldn't think. I had no motivation, no ambition. I didn't want to do it. I actually called my, called my financial planner and said, how do I retire? Because I was just like, I don't want to do anything for the rest of my life. I'm not going to retire. But that's where my mental state was. I actually went to the hospital to get an x-ray for my chest because I was having trouble breathing. And that turned it out to be fine. But there was a period of time in there where I, I couldn't do anything. And then when it started getting better, I would get up. I would wake up and say, I'm better. And by the time I got to the bathroom, I was back in the bed. And it was a weird time because I couldn't read. I couldn't study. I couldn't learn. I, I was like, oh God, what are you saying? Nothing. Silence. And then after two or three weeks, four weeks, I started walking around in the, my yard. 
just to get some sun. And I would go out there for five minutes and just walk around like this. And, and, go, and then lay down for a couple hours. And then I would go outside and walk around and lay on the ground and just uh, and face the sun and then go back and go back to sleep for a couple hours. This went on for two or three weeks. No Zoom calls, no meetings. I couldn't do anything. They said, we're going to schedule the preaching out for six weeks because we don't know how long it's going to go, which is one of the reasons I've been gone so long. They scheduled it out just to give time because it, was, it wasn't going away. And then one day, I walked to the, other, uh, the opposite side of my yard and I noticed these roses in my yard. Now, we have a ton of white roses that are everywhere, and I see them every day. They're just everywhere. My wife, when, they, when we moved in, we actually built this house. We just put all these roses in. And I, I see them, but, I, you know, I don't really pay attention to the roses. But I walked to the opposite side of the house, and I saw on this one fence these different kind of roses. I saw red roses. I was like, wow. And I went over to it, and I, I smelt it. Then I saw an orange rose. I said, wow. I saw an orange rose with two red buds on the same stem. Talk about diversity. And don't say you don't see color, by the way, because you see these colors. I saw a yellow rose. I said, wow. And I saw a yellow rose with like red around the rim. I was like, what? Then I saw a peach rose. And, and, and I was looking at all these different, then I saw a lavender purple, I don't know, maybe both rose, and some rose with multiple colors. And I saw a white rose with, with lavender in, or pink in it. And I was fascinated by these roses. And then I, every day would go out and start smelling them, and I would see roses that were budding. They, they still had the green leaves around their side. Uh, they're still closed, and then they would bud and, and come out. And then I started picking these roses and making vases. I have like seven <laughs> vases of roses in my house. I got into these roses and I realized uh, how I was <laughs> ignoring what was right in front of me. I want to talk to you about smelling the roses in your life. Today I'm going to talk about what it means to smell the rose and actually what a rose is in your life. And then we're going to talk about how to do it over the next three weeks. Smelling the rose. Now, what is a rose? Now you understand... The rose, we have roses in our life, things that we overlook, opportunities that we just pass by. They're right there in front of us. Resources that we have, we just ignore it. It's right there in front of us. These roses were there for nine years in my house. I've been in that house nine years. And you're probably saying, how did you miss it? That's the point. That's the point. I saw them, they were over there, whatever, but I wasn't appreciating them. Every single one of us have roses in our life. But here's the thing. The roses are not the people in your life. They're not the opportunities in your life. They're not the resources in your life. Those aren't the roses. We think, well, we got so many great people and that's the, no, that's the, the rose is your relationship with those people. See, the roses weren't the plant. It was my relationship with the plant. And smelling the roses was the process of nurturing that relationship. And so as we talk about smelling the roses in this series, I'm going to talk about the relationships in your life that you need to nurture, that you are looking over. And it's not only the relationship, but the potential of a loving relationship with every person you know, every opportunity God gives you. Let's, our, our anchor verse is uh, Matthew 22:37, greatest commandment in the world. And Jesus is going to talk about three relationships. 
And these are three roses in your life. Relationships. Remember, the roses aren't the people in your life. The roses are the potential loving relationships with those people. And so number one, look what it says. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord with your Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. That's one relationship. We're going to talk about that next week. How are you loving God? And how is the loving relationship you have with God? Number two, this is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor, other people, as you love yourself. Third person. So we're going to talk about three relationships. How are you... How? Are you loving the first rose of your relationship with God? How are you loving the second rose, the relationship with yourself? And how are you loving the third rose, the relationship with other people? We'll get to that in a minute. The first question is, what's a rose? It's a loving relationship. The potential of a loving relationship with the people in your life. It is not the people, it's a relationship. Now, what does it mean to have a loving relationship? What is love? Love is being like God. Love is being like God. There's four kinds of loves in the Bible. Love in the Bible is eros love, romantic love. I love my wife. Then there's storge love, family love. I love my mom. Then there's philia love, brotherly love, which I love my homies. But then there's agape love, God's divine love. Look what it says in 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another for God is Love. If you want to have a loving, if you want to love and express perfect love, just be like God. It, we always think, well, I'm going to be nice. Yes, that's part of it. I'm going to be kind. Yes, that's part of it. But it's actually being like God. And guess what happens? That occurs in the context of a relationship. It's not this feeling that you have. It is the commitment to a relationship. Now, next week we're going to talk about how to Develop that relationship with God as a rose, that rose of a relationship with God. But love in of itself is God. God called us to be in relationship with him. If you experience God, you experience love. If you become like God, you become more loving. You can't become the most loving person you can be without the God of love in your life. So in order to have a loving relationship, you have to understand what love is. In order to understand what love is, you have to have a relationship with God. Because in the context of your relationship with God, God is going to transform you and open up your eyes to what it means. Now, 1 John 5.3 says, 1 John 5.3 says, to love God means to obey his commandments. This is where religion messes this all up. Because what it says, to love God means to obey his commandments. That means if I got to do the right thing. Religion is bondage to rules. Religion is bondage to rules. We don't want that. That's not the kind of love we're talking about. Love is the freedom to live the truth. Woo, come on now. Come on now. Religion says, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to be kind. I got to be patient. I got I to gotta forgive. I got I to, gotta, you know, uh, trust God and, 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 and be, uh, be long-suffering. Dad, that's religion. I got to go to church. I got to be generous. That's religion. Faith, true love. God's love says he is going to set you free to do those things. So when we talk about a loving relationship, that rose that you have with God, that rose you have with other people, that rose you have with yourself, the foundation of that is the freedom that God is going to give you to live out everything he is because he is love. He wants you to be like him. He wants to give you the freedom and set you free to be like him. When I went out in the yard, I've seen those roses kind of in, in my peripheral vision. And it took COVID to slow me down. It took COVID 
to make me patient. But as you love a rose, you got to approach it. you got to get close to it. And you have to be, take a breath. Took COVID to slow me down. Why? Because I'm fast. <laughs> so it's not my normal, natural way. It took COVID to shut me up because I'm loud. Took COVID to make me patient because I'm impatient. And it was in that state that I was walking around like a zombie. He says, I'm going to show you something that you've been overlooking. Next week we're going to talk about how to do this, which is going to be awesome. But love is you having the freedom to live like God because God is love. Look what 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8 says, love suffers long. That's patience. When you become like God, he gives you the freedom to suffer longer, be patient. Love is kind. He gives you the freedom to be kind. Love does not envy. He gives you the freedom to not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not about me. He gives you the freedom to let go of your ego. It's not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It gives you the freedom to be kind. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It gives you the freedom not to be angry. It thinks no evil. It gives you the freedom to think good things. It does not rejoice in iniquity or sin. It gives you the freedom to ignore all the negativity in the world and not dwell on it, not gossip about it. It gives you the freedom to bear all things, believe all things, hope all things, endure all things, and check it out. Love never fails. Why? Because God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is consistent. He will never leave you or forsake you. And so remember, love is like being like God. So when I become, the more I become like God, the more freedom he gives me to live out what love is. It's not, he's not putting me under bondage of these rules. He's saying, I am going to give you the freedom to live like me in a relationship with him, in a relationship with yourself, in a relationship with other people. We're going to get to that in a minute. Galatians chapter 5, verse 23 tells us more about love. Look what it says. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, I believe that the fruit of the Spirit is love, period. And the rest of it is all in love. It's not separate. It's not like the fruit of the Spirit is love and then joy is something separate. You can't have joy without love. You can't have peace without love. You can't have long-suffering without love. You can't have kindness without love. You can't have goodness without love. You can't have faithfulness. Love is a foundation of all of that. So the fruit, <laughs> the fruit, the evidence, the outflow of the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is love. That's what the Spirit is. So when God sets you free to have joy, some of y'all can't have joy. You're just stuck in your, like you've been baptized in, 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 in lemon juice. You're just, ah, I just love God. I go to church. I'm a Christian. Ooh, that's not, that's not the Spirit of God. <laughs> the Bible says in 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love. When you draw closer to God, God's perfect love, his perfect character, his heart casts out fear. No more fear. Courage, boldness. Strength, focus, determination is all about love. And so the more you draw closer to God, the more you become like God because God is love. He sets you free to express all this in all these relationships. Why are we talking about? Remember, a rose is the potential of a loving relationship. Every person you meet, every situation you're in, the rose is what can this become? When I was in the yard, I was always looking at what was. In other words, there's a budding rose, there's a red rose, there's a pink rose, whatever. And, and it's what, 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 what I've learned over these last few weeks was 
that smelling the roses and re- looking at the roses was not dwelling on what was in the moment. It was dwelling on what could be over time. And if you can see every relationship, every person, as what God, show me what loving relationship this could become over time. That's the rose. And if you could ask God to fill you with that perspective and say, God, set me free to see this relationship bloom from this closed up bud and bloom to this beautiful flower of a relationship. So first thing, if a rose is the potential of a loving relationship, love is being like God, what's a relationship? Whoo! A relationship technically is the way in which two or more concepts, objects, or people are connected. It is the relationship, the nature of how two things are connected. I tweeted out years ago that I said, hey, tell me what your relationship with the devil is. And someone said, I don't have a relationship with the devil. I said, oh, yes, you do. And you may be saying, no, I don't. Oh, yes, you do. You have a relationship with the devil. Now, hopefully it's a bad relationship. Hopefully he's your enemy and he can't stand you and you can't stand him. Well, I can tell you he can't stand you. But hopefully you don't trust him. But the relationship is one of animosity. But it's a relationship. You are connected because he's after you daily. But it's not a good one. So you have to understand every person you know. Every situation you have, there is a relationship there. There's, there's a relationship that can be described. It's good, bad, indifferent. It's, 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 it's oblivious to you. When I was walking in my yard for nine years, those roses were sitting there saying, look at me. Smell my fragrance. Watch me bloom. And my relationship was I'm ignoring you. My relationship was you're not important to me. But that was the relationship. And then God shut me down and said, look, go over, learn, slow down, appreciate. And I was like, what? There are beautiful relationships right in front of you. We put situations and people in boxes and we freeze that relationship in time. In other words, we say, this is the relationship I have with that person and that's all it's ever going to be. This is the relationship I'm going to have with that situation. That's all it's ever going to be. This is my relationship with God and that's all it's ever going to be. This is how I see myself and that's all I'm ever going to see. I'm not going to see myself beyond that. I was watching one of my favorite movies, Legally Blonde. Love that movie. L. Wood was hilarious. And after the guy makes a pass to her and she quits the law firm, she's getting ready to quit. She says, I'll never be anything. I'll never be a lawyer. I'll just be nothing but a blonde. And one of her professors says, if that's what you thought of yourself, I, I, you know, something like, you, you had me all fooled. There's, there's way more to you. And she had to reinvent how she saw herself. The roses are the, the budding relationships that you have. All those little buds of pink and yellow roses that are getting ready to open, the potential is beauty. But you have to be able to see that. That's the relationship. So there's three relationships. Look at these three relationships. And we're going to talk about these over the next three weeks. Look what it says in Matthew 22, 37. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and all your soul. And all these two hang all the law and the prophets. How loving is your relationship 
with God. Now, because God is love, he is the foundation, the source, the creator, the originator, the, 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 the definer of what love is and the, the source of where you get love because it starts with him. Your ability to love yourself and love other people has to come from him. Now, you could have your version of love. We're talking about God's version of love. So how loving is your relationship? We're going to talk about that because you have a relationship with God, good, bad, and different. It's beginning, it's mature, whatever it is. But the, the potential is endless. The rose of your relationship with God. The potential of your loving relationship with God, which is a rose, has infinite potential. The degree to which you can become like God and experience the love of God and actually become a disciple of the experience of God is directly dependent on how much faith you have in God. 1 John 4.19 says we love him because he first loved us. Our ability to love him and love others starts with him. So the first relationship, the first rose, the first potential loving relationship that you need to focus on is your relationship with God. So the question is, how loving is your relationship with God? Number two, how loving is your relationship with yourself? Look what Matthew twenty two thirty nine says, the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. We're going to do a whole sermon on loving yourself. Now, I have people say, ah, you, loving yourself is egotistical. It's biblical. But it has to be biblical love. But it is 100% biblical. If God loves you, who are you to say that you're not lovable? We'll talk about that. The question is, how loving is your relationship with yourself? How loving is your relationship with yourself? Think about that. Just think, just go home tonight and say, do I love myself? A lot of y'all don't love yourself. And we're going to talk about how you know, and more importantly, how you can develop that rose. How you can understand the potential of the love that you have for yourself. And how that is going to set you free. But you're going to get that freedom from your relationship with God. Because his love expressed to you is going to set you free to love yourself. And lastly... How loving is your relationship with your neighbor? You shall love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, and soul, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, you have to love yourself first, then you love your neighbor in the same way. John 13, 35. By this you shall know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We need to be disciples of love. Watch this. The quality of the love you receive from your neighbor is directly related and proportional to the quality of love you express to your neighbor. The quality of love you express to your neighbor is direct proportion to the quality of love that you get from God. And the quality of love you get from God is a direct proportion to your faith in God and your submission to God. And that all starts with salvation. It all starts with surrendering to God. It all starts with saying, Lord, I am going to give my life to you. Why? Salvation and the gospel is not about information. It's about relationship. It's a rose. It's a relationship. It starts out like a little bud. Oh, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to, I'm going to, or someone shares their faith with you in the mall and I'm going to ask Jesus to be my savior. And you have no idea what that means other than you want to go to heaven. And you're tired of the devil beating you down. And you pray a prayer, dear Lord, please forgive me my sin. I know I'm a sinner. I know the penalty of my sin is death. And you ask Jesus, please forgive me. I don't even know what I'm saying. And then this starts to happen. The loving relationship between you and God starts to bloom. 
The potential is limitless. The fragrance is limitless. The beauty is limitless. And by the way, this rose never dies. Salvation is not about information. It's about a relationship with a living Savior who is love. A living, loving Savior who demonstrate his love towards you by dying on the cross. The Bible says for God so loved the world, you and me, that he gave his only begotten son. Why? What is, what is one of the things that love does? It sacrifices for other people. I want to give you an opportunity to take that first step. To say, dear God, I want to enter into a loving relationship. I, not I want to join a religion, join an organization. Salvation is about a relationship. I want to enter into a loving relationship because I have faith, God, that if I enter into this loving relationship, the potential of it is limitless. It's a rose. The rose is the potential of a loving relationship. The first one being with God. In order to enter that relationship, you have to acknowledge the one you have now. That he is separated from you because of your sin. That he died to pay for your sin so he can remove it. That you have to, by faith, ask him to forgive you of your sin. And we're going to do that in a minute. It's a relationship. It's not an exact science if I pray these words. It is simply saying, Lord, I I'm separated from you. My relationship with you is broken. It's negative. The Bible says I'm your enemy because I haven't received you and asked you to be my friend, my savior, my dad. No relationship is automatically fixed. No relationship is automatically established. You have to put effort into it. The first step is, dear Lord, forgive me of my sin. Come live in my heart and fill me with the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer and it's simply you stating your understanding of the relationship that it is estranged because of your sin, but it will be healed and redeemed because of Jesus' death and resurrection. And he establishes that relationship. It's not in your mind only. It is actually an organic union. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God comes to live inside of you and actually blossom out a whole new person, a whole new rose. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about God's love for you. I want you to think about the potential of what you could be if the loving relationship between you and God would blossom. It's endless. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. If you would like to ask Jesus to be your Savior, if you would like to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin and begin a relationship with God, pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I understand my relationship with you is broken. But I also believe that you love me. You died on the cross to prove it. I also believe you can transform my life. Your resurrection reveals that power. Please forgive me of my sin. Come live in my heart. Be my savior. I want to have a loving relationship with you.
In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, God bless you. You're like this little rose now. Your relationship with God is just starting. The Bible calls you a, a baby. You're just born again. Now it's time to invest in that relationship. And that's what smelling the rose is all about. And next week we're going to talk, start talking about how to do that with God. Week after that, how to do that with yourself. It is important for you to love yourself. Biblical, biblical love. And then how are you going to develop that rose and nurture that rose and appreciate that rose of a relationship, a loving relationship with other people. God bless you. We'll see you next week. And I'm so glad to be back. God bless you.